Welcome to Metal Injection Squared Circle Pit! Today's special guest from This Is Hell, Travis Riley! And now, here is your host, Rob Pasbunny! Welcome to the first Squared Circle Pit of 2021 it is a pleasure to be with you and uh thank you hopefully you had a great new year it's been uh, an incredible week for pro wrestling and we're gonna get into it and i'm gonna give you my thoughts on wrestle kingdom my thoughts on uh this week in pro wrestling uh we're gonna get to it in a little bit uh after my interview with this is Hell's Travis O'Reilly. Had a great time talking to Travis. In addition to being the vocalist of This is Hell, he does some wrestling merch under the moniker Private Hell NYC. And he's done some really, really cool shirts. Has a lot of fun stories about uh, working uh, with wrestlers, working in music, comparisons between the two. Lots of great stories. We rambled on for quite a bit. <laughs> this is definitely one of the longer episodes of the Square Circle Pit, one of the longer ones in a while. And if you're new to the show, please go back, check out our archives, metalinjection.net slash squared circle pit. The last few episodes, it's going to be hard to top the last three guests that I've had, which were Triple H, Edge, and Seth Rollins. Three incredible guests. Uh, all talking about their love of heavy metal, all really getting into it. It was really fun. And other previous guests include John Moxley, Brian Posehn, Darby Allen, Box Brown, the comic artist, El Fantasmo, Johannes from Avatar, uh, the uh, bassist of health, John Rick Boogs from NXT, uh, Rowan, the former Rowan, Eric Redbeard, as he was referred to on AEW recently. Uh, also going to be on the show, or also has been on the show, Chris Jericho among them as well, Raven, Eric Bischoff, Kenny Omega a few years ago, metalinjection.net slash squared circle pit to check them all out. I'll stop rambling. I'll come back at the end to give my thoughts on the week in wrestling. Here is me talking to Travis from This Is Hell. Now entering the squared circle pit, he is the front man of NYC hardcore band This Is Hell. And the proprietor of pro wrestling merch line Private Hell NYC. Uh, I'm very excited to have Travis O'Reilly on the line in the Squared Circle Pit. Welcome, Travis. Wow, what an introduction! What an introduction. Um, just quick, <laughs> quick editor's note: Long Island based. This is hell. Oh, oh, very but, specific. But you don't represent the whole city. You just represent I mean, the island, I, which is long. Yeah, yeah I mean the editor. You got to represent your roots, right? What part of Long Island? I'm personally from Levittown. Okay. But most of the other members and ex-members are based out in Suffolk County on the eastern end of Long Island. I see. But I do, I do live in Brooklyn, and I've lived here for like 11 years. But we are very much a Long Island band. Understood. No, totally understood. It's just like sometimes bands like claim, you know. Like, I mean, I think especially here, it's like it's. Like being a New York hardcore band is so prestigious. So, like, I think bands want to be like, yeah, we're NYHC band, you know, like, I see what of, you're saying. Of, yeah. co of course, we like, you know, are very much involved in that world and have played with all those bands and stuff. But yeah, I didn't mean for that to, to be no, no, a, no. Uh, 
a thing. <laughs> no, I, I under, you don't want Vinny's stigma to call you up and be like, how dare you? Because I know he's very specific about it. Can I tell you a quick Vinny, Vinny stigma story? You, you can tell multiple Vinny stigma <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I should have multiple, but we uh, we toured Europe with Agnostic Front in 2010, and we shared a, we shared a bus with them, which was incredible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, my bunk was directly across from from Vinny's. He would sleep like in his tidy whities and nothing else. And he, you know, he's like a fucking sixty year old man, just like <laughs> just sauntering around in his tidy whities, right? But uh, he he had this thing where he would steal like a pint glass from every venue that we played nice and then he basically would put them in his bunk so he had like his whole bunk lined with pint glasses so like we'd be fucking driving overnight to the next show and it would just be like clink 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 clink, clink like, <laughs> the whole time <laughs> there'd be like 20 shows right like that's a lot of... <laughs> yeah man there's a lot <laughs> <laughs> that's and, a commitment. And, he, and he would like and he, yeah and he would like i think he, and then he would like take them home like I don't know how he would get them home. Maybe he had them shipped or something, but I can only imagine what his what his Lower East Side apartment looks like. Probably just like fucking spilling over with pint glasses <laughs> from various European venues. Have you seen that documentary that it, the the agnostic film? Yeah, yeah, I did. It's it's, it's great, man. It was really cool to, to tour with those guys. You know, I mean, yeah. uh, like even you know, even though being like 2010 is such a long time after the band has started and stuff, but they're, they're still like, especially in Europe, they're just like straight up legends you know like so it was cool yeah and you're playing directly to people that would enjoy your music too it's like not a hard sell yeah for sure but yeah but that documentary like i i feel like you know if there was a bigger uh audience for you know hardcore music like he would be a reality show star he is so charismatic like he stole yeah. every scene he was in they should put him like as a judge on ink, on ink master you know like he owns a tattoo it. shop right or like like dave navarro is not a tattoo artist right he's just right. Like a, a, a celebrity who's got tattoos right i think Vinny would definitely be great TV. yeah the reason I, I bring it up though is because watching that documentary i forgot like he was like oh these bridge and tunnel people they say they're, they're no. from the city <laughs> they're not from the yeah. city i'm from the city and i completely forgot about that sentiment of like wow people from manhattan are very territorial <laughs> uh, yeah if you're not from there that you can't really say which i i totally get for me it's the reverse it's it's less about that and more about just wanting to represent like where we are from because long right. island like has always had such like a, a good scene and stuff you know um but, but yeah that's how i feel about being from brooklyn it's like i say i'm from brooklyn I, I grew up in south brooklyn to be clear not in like any fancy part of brooklyn like i grew up in brighton beach which is the literal ghetto of russian people <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like it's just a collection of russian people so uh but still you know it it, it hardened me up <laughs> yeah yeah i'll give you one, one more quick stigma one being that you just mentioned the the you're not from here and blah 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 whatever right, right, uh, right. Uh, on that on that tour i mean on many tours but on that tour in particular i, I had a uh, denim vest with a with a patch on the on the back of it of uh noel gallagher from oasis who are my favorite band and uh one day Vinny was just like hey kid who's who's that on the back of your jacket and i'm like oh it's uh, noel gallagher he's like who i'm like the singer oasis he's like ah screw them they never played cbgb (laughs) (laughs) i was like fair you know what though they played the wetlands which is a, a a cool little tidbit yeah this show is all about uh, the connection between heavy metal and pro wrestling. And I think Vinny Stigma would have a good <laughs> career in pro wrestling if he never uh, yeah. became a hardcore guitarist. But what <laughs> I love is that like you are you totally embody that connection, uh, I feel. <laughs> You're in a hardcore band. You obviously are a huge wrestling fan. You are somewhat like you have one a few toes in the wrestling scene as well. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, I wanted to ask which passion came first. Did you get into like hardcore rock music, punk music first, or uh, uh, wrestling first? I would say wrestling. Almost everybody who's into wrestling gets into it when they're young, you know. And you know, a, a lot of people get into it when they're young, and then they kind of like phase into something else or whatever and then they come back to it you know so for me it's kind of that right like when i was younger i was into wrestling and like you know i remember going to like the nasa coliseum to like see a show with my dad and my brother when you know we were like kids did you go to the civic center the westchester civic center the nasa coliseum oh so that was your home base okay yeah yeah so like it's in in uniondale on long island like where, where oh, the yeah, island where the islanders play and yeah, so like, fuck, I, I, it's so funny. I, I just did a podcast or whatever, like an Instagram live stream with this dude. And we, we talked about this and I was like, oh man, like, I was like, at one point I had it like written down. Like I, I, I figured out, like I like Googled and I figured out the show that I went to and then I couldn't think of it. And I was like, oh, you know what, dude? I was like, let me find it and I'll send it to you. And I never did. So I don't know. But I remember my brother and I were like big ultimate warrior fans. And, uh, so we're at the show and like, I don't know, I guess it had to be like, I was born in 82, so, like, the show was, you know, the show might have been, like, 89, 90, 91, you know, something in, in, in that kind of time frame. Mm-hmm. So, we're there, you know, it's getting late, my dad's like, you know, should we take off? And my brother and I, but like, what if what if Ultimate Warrior wrestles and we miss it, you know? And he's like, all right, let's just stick around then. And then, sure enough, like, the main event comes and, and Ultimate Warrior comes out. And we're like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, that's, like, my earliest wrestling memory, you know? And I think the next, like, memory I have of going to a wrestling show was I went to Raw at the Garden with, like, my best friend at the time and like his family mm-hmm. so we took the train to msg went to the show what was do you remember what the episode was oh fuck it i have no idea i don't i can't <laughs> even like i can't remember any like the, the only thing i can remember about the show is what, what i'm about to tell you is that we the show ends and we're leaving and i run into somebody that i know so i kind of stop and i'm having a quick chat with them and i look and everyone that i was with had like i either not not realized whatever and like kept going so i'm like i'm like oh shit like i gotta go like i'm with these people whatever i i you know you know how it is in msg right you fucking go right down to the sub like the the train or sorry well i'm going to long island so like i'm going to oh long yeah island, the penn station right, right right so yeah so it just goes right down to the to the train to the train tracks right the entrance for your train would be right virtually in the garden like you just yeah you don't even have to leave yeah. yeah so i i go run down the stairs to like find them and the train's there and like the you know the train's like gonna leave I don't see them and like I'm I don't know how old it was but I didn't have a cell phone and I'm like young enough where I'm kind of like fuck like I need to get on this train if I don't like I don't know you know whatever so I just like get on the train fortunately I, I run into like another friend and his family or or I think I ran into my friend's older brother or something and I was like hey like I'm with so-and-so and like I don't know where they are so I just got on the train you know um, so fortunately like I got back to Long Island and I think that they like gave me a lift to my parents house or, you know, to home at the time, right? And then, like, I wound up calling my friend's family, being like, hey, like, I'm I'm good. <laughs> like, I got back, you know? Were they still at the guard? Like, where? <laughs> no, no, no. I think they, I think they got on the train, too. Which, like, I, like, like, I think back, like, it's, like, kind of wild that they, like, got on the train without me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was just, like, my friend and his older brother. I don't know. Like, I, I do want to put out, like, you went to shows in New York. Like, going to wrestling shows in New York is crazy. Because New York wrestling fans are, you know, now it's kind of weird. But, like, I feel before. They were like some of the most hardcore uh, uh, wrestling fans. And also, 
like as a kid i just remember thinking like how incredibly vulgar everybody was <laughs> and and at the time loving it you know but like just you know also going to ecw shows did you ever go to any ecw shows so yeah basically that raw show happened right like it's weird i, I have a really good memory with certain things and then other things i just like totally can't recall see I, I, the reason i was asking if you knew which raw show was because i was wondering if it was the one where austin stunned mcmahon for the first time oh uh, i, I was, don't know i, I was at that I, one I feel like I, I felt, you would think I'd remember something right. about it, That's but it's like I, I genuinely can't even remember a single match on the card. But yeah, so I guess by the time I became like 17, maybe 16, 16, 17, I mean, as it is now, like back then, maybe even more so, like the long, like the hardcore scene and the, and like the independent wrestling scene were very like intertwined. And so a lot of Long Island hardcore dudes like went to ECW shows and, um, so yeah, so we would we would go to the Elks Lodge in Queens for shows, and like you know we we we'd go and we'd like fucking bring like old broken computer keyboards and shit, and like you know someone would come down the line with a garbage can and we'd throw all shit in it, and then like New Jack would come out later and like beat people up with the weapons that we brought, you know? Yeah, I've gone to Elks Lodge shows, one of my favorite venues. Yeah, but those shows are fucking wild, and like looking back on it now, like I can't believe like being like a sixteen or seventeen year old kid like yeah. in that in that environment. I, I don't think I like realized how like hostile and like yeah you know sort of dangerous for a kid yeah it just could have it just could have like kind of exploded at any minute you know right like you could have gotten like a ricochet key in your eye you know from new <laughs> yeah Jack or, or, the, or there could have been like a you know like they're they're ge- like ecw was genuinely like causing borderline or or riots. full-on like yeah, riots yeah. At, yeah. In, in, at that time you know <laughs> yeah I went with my grandmother. Uh, my grandmother <laughs> was incredible. the chaperone for myself and two of my friends. I've mentioned, I think I mentioned this on the show before, but I was like, I did web design. So I designed Rob Van Dam's website and oh it ended God. up la- landing me a bunch of like, you know, cops for ECW shows. So I went to That's a bunch amazing. of amazing because, you know, I, I was a kid, <laughs> uh, so yeah. I didn't get paid for it. But I was like, yeah, no, fuck it. Uh, uh, g- give me give me into show. It wasn't like I wasn't dealing with him directly. I was dealing with his webmaster. Anyway, so like we got these tickets and my grandma doesn't even know what the fuck is going on. Oh like they they set up this whole like line against the stairs, like uh, like a one form. And my grandma just went and sat on the other end of the staircase. And like they were like, ma'am, you have to. She's like, no, I can't. And then they were like, <laughs> they were like, OK. <laughs> and they're just kind of like, eh. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no rules anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, it's all right, it's fine. You're an old lady, you know. And what's so funny is that like my grandma ended up making friends with Atlas Security, and like she, like her gimmick was she would have a giant purse and she would just have apples in her purse and like just eat apples at any time of the day. My mom, my grandma had probably ridiculous blood sugar, so she was like offering them apple slices and all this stuff. Oh my anyway, god! We get to the front of the line and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm on the list, uh, and, and the show already kind of started, uh, and I'm like, I'm on the list. Uh, I, I'm <laughs> now. Tickets and they were like, uh, there's no tickets for you here, dude. And no, Rob and Jeff didn't get you tickets. And like, yeah, being a kid, I was like, oh, I didn't realize I should get like a contact number in case something went yeah, wrong yeah. or whatever. But because my grandma, like, like was so lovable and like all security knew her at this point, they were like, ah, just let him in, it's fine. <laughs> we just got like GA. Oh, so- this, this, this wasn't your first time going then it was like you had already been to shows there this was my first time going to elks lodge yeah and this was the, the first thing where like it didn't work out so i didn't know like what the fuck am i gonna do now? Oh, but then God. after that it was all it was all gravy and i went like i went to the guiltiest charged show the last ecw paper which i didn't even realize like i'm like oh shit i went to that you know sometimes you look back i, I think i might have it's funny i found i found some ticket stubs recently that i posted on the private instagram but i, I found two 
I found two ticket stubs for shows. So like I definitely went to two shows there, but I don't recall. It, it's funny that your grandma went with you to one and was cool with you going back again. Oh well, yeah, that's so funny. Like she never reported to my mom what a bunch of dipshits everyone was. You know, yeah, like yeah. that. Like you should not be sending your kid uh, <laughs> to go to these shows. Yeah, it, it's funny that it wasn't like a red flag to my parents that I was leaving the house with like weapons to like give <laughs> somebody to use the match. <laughs> yeah, that was a really special time uh, for pro wrestling, I think. And I feel, you know, because uh, it, it was it was the Internet was around. And so I don't know, were you like on the AOL chats and all that? Like there was like the beginnings of like the Internet wrestling community, but it wasn't as crazy as now. Yeah. My cousin and, and and my best friend, both of them were actually like kind of like my best friends. Like we kind of got into everything together in a sense, right? So like we we would go to hardcore shows together and we would go to wrestling shows together and whatever. We like backyard wrestle together and shit like that. And like and then like I remember at one point like we were doing this like an efed. Do you remember that? Like oh, where it was absolutely. basically like so for you for you kids out there, <laughs> it, it was like correct me if I'm wrong, but basically like you it was just like a email essentially based like role-playing almost like fantasy kind of like scripted yeah. wrestling federation where like you like somebody was basically like tasked with like um, you, like you just like put together a match and then someone would kind of like write it out right where it'd be like yeah someone would be tasked as the booker well actually someone like the booker is the person who started the fed and they'd be like hey you want to join my e-fed and like your friends would all have these wrestling characters that they do yeah and and you would just cut promos and email <laughs> Right? Yeah, and, and, and but then also I think we would like have the matches, so it'd be like in the email it would just be oh, like right. you know like Travis grabs Steve and like whips him into the ropes and he comes back and back body like you would like type out like what was happening in the match you know so yeah I was definitely having a lot of sex at that point in my life <laughs> <laughs> you know I was in like hardcore chat rooms on AOL and stuff so I'm, I, I gather I was probably there was probably like an ECW chat room or whatever that I was probably in. Um, but like I said, you know, I have very weird specific memories of certain things and other things I just have no recollection of. But that was kind of like my next step in in the wrestling world. And, and you know, I was super into that and kind of was into ECW for a bit. And then I guess started getting more in, involved in hardcore and, and stuff and, you know, started doing the band thing and kind of, um, you know, got disconnected a bit from the wrestling thing well yeah well also though i want to point out like your band launched like what like 2004 yeah like that's basically like the dark ages <laughs> of of aughts wrestling like it was right after ecw ended like a year later i feel is when wwf no no competition uh 2001 is when they bought it but then like they i feel like it. for a year there was like decent storylines and then it just really just fell off a cliff like i think the uh brand split was really when it started sucking mm -hmm. and so it totally makes sense we're like oh i have this like hobby or you know it eventually became more than that but like yeah yeah became a became a job that i didn't make any money at <laughs> <laughs> uh but like i could see how you're like oh i don't need to watch wrestling like i even even i like i've been a lifelong wrestling fan but i kind of around that time was not as into it yeah and it was it wasn't even it wasn't even that right it wasn't even like oh the product sucks it was just kind of like you know it, it's kind of like when basically i you know got it you know like was into sports and then got into hardcore and then i stopped being into sports you know it just kind of like became like a situation like that so then rick who like was the other founding member of this is hell with me who played guitar he's been a massive wrestling fan his entire life and so he was a fan like throughout you know the entirety of this mm -hmm. is hell prior and and present day or whatever so he would always like we'd be in the van we'd, we'd stay with somebody and like it'd be like you know 
it'd be like Monday night, right? And we would like get to someone's house at like midnight. He would like go on his computer, download Raw, and then like the next morning, like we'd make like our drummer drive, and the two of us would like sit in the back of the van and we'd watch Raw, you know. Um, <laughs> so he kind of so like his like enthusiasm for it kind of like got me back into it. That's um, great. Yeah, and then and then at some and and then like along the way, we kind of like became fr- friendly with CM Punk. So like we would we would you know go to whenever they'd come to town, like he would hook us up with tickets and we go to see him and then and then so then at that point it was like all right like you know i i'm i have somebody who like i'm friendly with that's wrestling so that like makes me want to like watch even more right you know mm-hmm. and this was ring of honor no no this is when punk was in was in wwe oh okay okay gotcha so i went from kind of ecw to like that and then fast forward i don't know i think maybe like in i think it was 2010 rick's roommate at the time was working with it with a dude who he did the entrance music for kings of wrestling in ring of honor and it was probably i think it was a final battle the final battle show i think so it was like the the last ring of honor show of the year right they do in like december and it was at hammer it was at hammerstein and basically he was gonna perform the entrance song live for cesaro and hero us that's uh whatever it was claudio claudio castagnoli yeah so it was like claudio and hero like kings of wrestling like and he was gonna like wrap them out to the ring right and he invited he like basically was like yo i'm doing this thing like like i got a a bunch of comps you want to bring bring some friends whatever so we got invited so rick and i got invited through rick's roommate who was friends with, with this dude cody who was was the rapper on the song and then so like after the show or maybe maybe before the show i think we kind of got there early and like hero came and met us and we like basically it got interested to him became friendly with chris he was living in like allentown area at the time so whenever we would like go through there playing like the croc rock or like whatever we would like stay stay with him at, at his place um and just became you know buds with him and then you know he wound up going getting signed to wwe and then like you know we would see him down in florida and stuff and then actually you know actually before he got signed to wwe though we were touring in it was the same year actually so it must have been maybe we met him in 2009 or maybe it was just later later in 2010 he um we were on on tour and he texted me he's like hey you guys are going through orlando like a buddy of mine wants to come out to the show can you list him And i was like yeah cool just like send me the name um, and it turned out to be Seth Rollins and Bill Carr, who was um, Bobby Dutch was his. It was like when they were still at FCW. Do you remember like when they were doing that? Yeah. Pre pre NXT. Yeah. So yeah, he was he was he, he's uh, he's Bill Carr from Team Tremendous, like on the Indies and stuff. But he was Bobby Dutch at the time. Okay. So the two of them show up, and we didn't know them at the, at the time. I mean, I, th- I think I might have known. You know, it's funny. I, I think I, I actually saw Rollins like wrestle as Tyler Black because I think that his last ring of honor show was the show that we went to and met chris at but we didn't meet him there but i don't think i knew who he was prior because that had like when we met chris that was like our first or my first ring of honor show or like you know experience Mm -hmm. so yeah so they came out to our show like in orlando we hung out we like wound up staying with rollins i think either that night or the next time we came through but then we wound up you know over the next couple years we would we would come through florida and like we would go to go to fcw shows we actually would like we were booking our, our own tours at the time i think so like we would just like route stuff to like go through Florida so we could like go to FCW shows and shit. <laughs> That's cool. And then, and then like you'd have like a place to crash basically or. Yeah. I mean, you know, we already had friends in the area. And stuff, I so like, but whatever, but I like, think we went up staying with them like once or twice. And then like, I think the um, first time we went to an FCW show, I think hero was actually there. And after the show, we went out to eat and uh, we went, wound up, uh, having dinner with Paige and some other people and like uh she's from Norwich in England and like we like had a mutual friend because I was like oh where are you from in England she's like oh you, like it's a small town you probably don't know and she's like Norwich and I was like oh do you know this guy and she's like what how do you know him um 
so we kind of like hit it off and like became friendly and yeah so just like basically like for the most part through like chris hero like i wound up meeting a couple of people and then like wound up meeting some other like independent wrestlers and um when chris when chris came back on the indies i started like making merch for him so then through that he kind of like got me some other like work through other indie guys so like i would like print shirts for like sammy callahan and like zach saber and some other some other people oh that's awesome so do you have like a uh design but i mean obviously <laughs> no 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 i i don't at oh. all actually. oh really um, so how did yeah, you get into that I, I basically was like working for a, a screen i was like working for a screen printer so basically i was just kind of like middle manning it for the most part or not even middle i wasn't even really mid, middle manning it i was basically just like i was like a rep for i was just getting business for the screen printer so i was like working like um consultant yeah consultant that's what i'm saying, looking for so yeah so th- this company was was based in orlando so and, and a lot of these a lot of these uh wrestlers were based down there too so it was like pretty convenient. So yeah, I would just basically like they they would get me the design, whatever, and you know I'd quote give them the quotes, whatever, and then then I would send the orders to to them. It would get printed in Florida, and they would you know guys would pick it up, or if they were you know going out to PWG for a show, we would ship it to to California for them and whatever. Um, so th- there was a point where like I was doing a lot of indie guys, and you know when it became like WrestleMania weekend, you know I was like printing for everybody, like for everybody for like you know their whether it be like an Evolve show or like fucking, you know, Progress or just like all the all the kind of like shows that are happening over the WrestleMania weekend. Right, yeah. Like, and that would be like the biggest weekend of the year for, for wrestling, basically. Just cause. So yeah, and then I, I would go down, I would go with Chris a lot to, to shows and just like, well, I'd make his merch, but then I'd also like just kind of work his like merch table and sell for him. And so so, that, so if, I, if I could just cut in here, that's really interesting because like, Again, it uh, being a wrestler and being in a band is not that different. You're you're still you're no. doing the, the the drives, you're doing the merch, and like if you're not if you're in WWE, you don't have to worry about it. But like if you're an indie guy, you're your own merch person most of the time. Yeah, and so it's it's the the parallels between independent wrestling and like the, you know punk rock hardcore. It's crazy. It's like the you know long drive make no fucking money like do everything yourself you know like it's it's kind of wild that how uh how similar it is um but yeah that that was kind of um for a handful of years i was doing a lot of that you know i would go fly out for like you know mini weekend and i would like just kind of roll roll with chris from show to show and sell his merch and like be be getting shipments for other guys merch and stuff and running running to fucking ups facility when the shipments didn't show up or whatever um but yeah i did that for for a handful of a handful of years and like, so hero is just a rap guy though right like i don't or what's his deal i mean that, that's kind of his bread and butter mm-hmm. he's like into some random like stuff that you wouldn't like i guess think like he's into some random rock stuff you know mm-hmm. and there's an amazing video on youtube of uh so i guess you know he he lived in pencil i don't know if he, he might have lived in philly for a minute but he definitely was living in like you know allentown kind of area and you know he he worked like Ring of Honor and Chikara and whatever, right? So like it was all in that area. He went to see Arctic Monkeys at the Electric Factory, and he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, I got there early. He's like, I just kind of got up on the barrier. He's like, and you know, while they're playing, he's like, I'm just up front, like having a good time, jumping around, whatever, you know. And there's a part where fucking he he found he was telling me about it. And he's like, hold on, he like he finds there's like a live recording of the show on YouTube. It's just audio. And he finds it and he sends it to me. He's like, yo, skip to like 1654 or whatever. And you hear fucking Alex Turner like, like he's just kind of like, oh, mate. He's like, you look like a wrestler. <laughs> and he, and he, he doesn't know that he's actually a wrestler, you know? Yeah. yeah. He, he says something along those lines. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so funny. 
but yeah, he yeah he likes uh, he surprises me sometimes where he's just like you know, but um, but most of the time like we'll just text each other and like, yo, did you check out this rap album, whatever? That's kind of like his go to, you know. I'm a big fan of his. I think uh, before he went back to NXT, his indie run was incredible. It was great. It was so uh, yeah, it was like people were so excited for him to be back. So it was just a, such a big deal. He did a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. That I was with him for a, a nice chunk of, of you know, any time like he would do evolve here, whether it was like the Brooklyn Lyceum or it was like uh, Laboom, right? Like later on, or like just some fucking random church in Brooklyn. You know, like I would kind of always be there. Yeah, some of those Laboom shows, like when they had that Flow Slam money, it felt like PWG East. Like it felt like they, they <laughs> yeah, brought in yeah. all those same guys. It was a little different, but still, like you were seeing Ricochet, you were seeing hit. Like there was so much talent. Yeah, before all those guys got like snatched up by WWE, there was a minute where like, yeah, you're right, P- like PWG East would be a, definitely a good comparison. Yeah, which is funny too because around the time we met Chris, we we wound up going to well, we met Chris, and then I guess months later, whatever, we wound up being in California recording an album, and he hit us up. He's like, hey, he's like, I'm wrestling out here in Reseda. If you guys want to come to the show, and like at the time, like I I didn't know about PWG. This is I guess in 2000. And- 10 or maybe 11 and uh we're like yeah cool like let us know whatever he's like yeah just come down he's like your name will be like on the list whatever so like we go and the show it was fucking awesome right at the at the elks lodge there and stuff you know at the time at the young the, uh, young bucks were there like dean was there generico was there like it was like it was like peak like like who's who like everybody's there you know so the yeah. show was amazing the show was amazing and it was funny because i wound up going to like maybe one or two more pwg shows over the years and like it's funny that show it was like we were like on a guest list like they had a merch table and like whatever and then like the next time or times i went no guests merch in the ring like fucking packed house you know like it was like you couldn't like it was just like the the vibe was just like totally different and like not not in a bad way it just became like so wildly popular and it was like just such a hot ticket that like it was like hard hard to get in and like it was just like any little space was like kind of valuable you know absolutely uh i really got into it on the tapes uh just hearing about people talk about you know like i think it might have even been Meltzer just been like oh i went i finally went oh no 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 i started watching before he, he went just some i saw on some recommendation and i really just got into it and seeing like it, it what it really reminded me of is i don't know if you ever uh went to ring of honor shows in the in, in their first year but like the murphy rec center in philadelphia have you ever it was just like a no. gym it's just a fucking yeah. gym but like it just reminded me of the, those shows are like old ecw shows where it's like mm-hmm. like what what i what was really enticing to me was what was enticing about ecw shows is like you know everybody there has at least a 20-year knowledge of wrestling and like <laughs> the jokes are so meta and it's like everyone has the same frame of reference to make yeah. the same jokes or whatever and just the vibe is so it's like going to a, a punk show basically it's like the re- yeah the, exactly that's the perfect the perfect example because it's like everyone's just like you know there's like 500 people there but like you're fucking like on top of each other i remember yeah. there's what there's one show i've actually it, it may have been hero actually i think martin who plays guitar in terror he he lives out there right and he's he's into wrestling i don't know if he's like i think he's a bit more casual um but he would you know he'd be he'd be at a lot of the pwg shows out there and there was one show where he's like sitting in the front row and, and i'm almost positive it was hero comes comes barreling down to like flip on to somebody and the person moves and he just like levels martin who's like a fucking pretty big dude you know and martin's chair just like explodes <laughs> and like he's but he like had a pitcher of beer in his hand and he managed to like not drop his pitcher of beer <laughs> 
That's what's, and those pitchers of beer, oh, man. Yeah, people were just getting wildly incredible. Yeah, because yeah. that's the thing. Like, yeah, so people would drink a pitcher of beer as one would drink a, a mug of like a pint of yeah. beer, and just sweat it out because it was so hot inside of there. Yeah, so I like after watching it for like three years, I was like, I need to go. Like, and I was like, yeah. oh, maybe it'll be, like maybe like I'll do a trip, so like a Nam or something will work out with it. Uh, but it just wouldn't work out. And then and then there was one like Battle of Los Angeles. Uh, and mm-hmm. the main event was going to be uh, Omega and the Young Bucks against uh, Penta, Phoenix, and Flamita, I think. But I was just like, okay, I need to see Kenny Omega. <laughs> this was right off of his big like Okada run and whatever. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought that Kenny was there like kind of earlier early on exactly yeah like couple, he, he guess, just and then and then he was there a couple times a bit yeah. after he kind of like exploded in japan yeah he just I, had this I, one yeah. weekend i guess i, I never oh okay I, was saying, I never saw him there i don't think and and that was what i was like you know what and it was my birthday weekend i was like fuck it <laughs> i'm yeah. gonna do it and i've never experienced the stress that i felt of like am i gonna get a ticket because this is literally oh, yeah. the hottest ticket because there's it's a three it's basically like a three day it's like a weekend festival this tournament uh mm-hmm. so you have to get three different tickets or two different yeah. i was only gonna get two shows i was like I, there's no way i could make it through three straight days the only way you can really do it is you got to like team up with a buddy and like tell them all right you get friday i'll get saturday you know like because right. it's so hard to try to they sell out like literally in seconds yeah uh i some you know my refresh skills and my click skills are are, are legendary so <laughs> Uh, but the anxiety leading up to it was insane. But I ended up getting two tickets to, to one night and then one ticket to another night. The lengths I had to go to to <laughs> try to acquire another ticket was yeah. was ridiculous. But it was it was the best show ever. And and then that place ended up uh, closing down, unfortunately. Yeah, like all good things. Yeah, I, I won't I won't uh, I won't name names, but I became friendly with somebody in those parts, and they would get me um, they would get me a link to the on sale like two minutes before it went live nice so i was able to like hop in there get my ticket because i was like yo like i'm coming from new york like if i don't have a fucking ticket like i'm yeah. fucked you know um but yeah i wonder i think you know the, the like i said the first time we went we wound up being out there recording so it was perfect and then um one i think one time i was i might have been out there for like a work trip or something and it just lined up i think for i think it was actually bola also i think i was there i remember uh, seeing saber win, win the title at a show there Oh yeah, that was good. That was a good one. And it's crazy how like that place was essentially like the uh, booster stage for all these like wrestlers that are now on the main shows. This is where they went to go get discovered. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it, it was kind of wild that we're like for a minute there. You, you, if you went to an NXT show, like, or you saw an NXT show, it was just kind of like a who's who of. Yeah, I really loved it, and I think uh, it sucks. Like now, obviously, with what's going on, like, there's no point of them running at all. They can't. They're strictly a live event business. But I hope they do come back because even even after like aw came and the talent raised and whatever those shows were still pretty fun yeah i I hadn't i hadn't been in a while and i hadn't seen any but it was kind of a bump like you know i think it yeah i think that the consensus was that that it lost a bit of its magic having to move to a you know a different venue and it's funny because they wound up moving to a bigger venue and it's something that i think that they should have done it's at a certain point i think they should have maybe done like a big show every year where it's like all right we're, you know, we're going to go and run a 2000 cap room, you know, whatever, like from what I gather, like they like the last handful of shows or whatever, like they haven't been selling out, 
which is like it, it just seems so crazy because there was that you know time period where like you just you couldn't get a ticket to a show. I think it was a combination of moving and also just how much they raised ticket prices. Oh really? Yeah, because I mean they wound up going to I forget the name of the venue, but it's like the like Globe. Legit, yeah, it's like a music venue, you know, which is a lot different than having just an empty space where you're bringing in a fucking right. a PA on sticks. Yeah, I'm sure there's union fees and all that. It's booking a fucking VFW Hall Punk Show versus booking it at a club, right? You know, yeah. they just all those fees and everything. I hope that it may be, you know, once COVID's gone and whatever, that they can kind of keep going and have good stuff, you know, because such a legendary organization and just, you know, is responsible for... Yeah, good talent scouting. You know? Putting so many people on the, you know, on the, on the map. Talking about, like, how... It nurtured talent. I feel like it really gave Excalibur the experience to be able to be a nationally broadcast commentator, you know, and he's great. Yeah, I think he's incredible. And it's funny because, like, there's, you know, the st stories of fucking R Regal being, at, you know, at PW yeah. shows, you know, and like shit like that, which is like kind of wild when you think about it. It's kind of like, you know, a fucking major label record executive like being like at fucking cbgb's like checking Exa out yeah band, it's exactly you know? like, <laughs> that it's totally that you're totally that's a that's a very apt comparison and the, when i went to bola uh the night omega was there ronda rousey just shows up yeah, and yeah. like she's not with security i guess she might have no, been with, she, no she, she's, she's not a, she's with travis brown <laughs> yeah exactly she was with her husband and, and also like she can handle scarier herself. than security yeah she, but yeah, she like also beat everyone's ass there exactly exactly but the vibe was like she was among friends like during intermission everyone just goes out into the parking lot because you know you have to it's so fucking stuffy in there you need some fresh air and she's out there and like people just come up here like hey ronda could i just get a photo he's like yeah of course and yeah, like yeah. sammy guevara kind of like hey ron you know like he's doing his <laughs> sammy guevara thing it's like a backstage at a vfw hall it's not mm -hmm. like a big you know whereas if she were to show up at a wwe show she's not going in the crowd she's not she she will she wouldn't give people the you know like it's a totally different thing yeah i, I saw her at a, at, a, at a show there once um yeah like i, I, did, I was at a show once and i'm sitting there and all of a sudden i like look behind me and like the guitar player of tools sitting behind me you know like oh, it's yes, just kind of like Yes, Adam Jones is always there. That um, was a fun game for me so, to spot him in the crowd. <laughs> he's very, very easy to spot. Yeah, yeah and like yeah. fucking so Sophia Vergara, like is that shows there and stuff. Like there's always like a really weird mix of like you know minor and major celebrities at their shows, which like also kind of was like part of that weird allure of going to a PW show. Yeah, everyone's e everyone's even. Everyone's there just to have a good time. Like no one's no one's being like a star fucker person. They just want to like yeah chill and like have fun. Yeah, I remember at the Bola thing, I was like sitting one or two seats away from Shayna Baszler which was like I always think back on it like she went to those shows to study yeah her, her and like Marina Shafira I, yeah. I, I met Marina there you know and like it's just funny it's like yeah like they're like in the like in the crowd at, at a show and then all of a sudden you know fucking Brody King like in, in the crowd at, at the show and then now I was like in wrestling in fucking Ring of Honor main events and shit, you know yeah even like uh, Andy, Andy Williams of every time I die I would run into him at shows and now it's he's so wild <laughs> I, can't, I can't with Andy's stuff like Andy's like oh I'm fucking like 38 let me start wrestling now <laughs> like it's like so wild it's so great because you know like oh good for him you know get get a few indie shows and yeah, like I, yeah. I went I saw him wrestle at a high school and it was so yeah. it was like this is so cool like like in my head, I was like, he's made it, <laughs> you know, like he's, he's doing it. He, he's doing this. And, and that's like really paying your dues. And then like, who knew that the second promotion would start and he'd yeah. have, the, and they need people with good looks. And he obviously has the fucking killer look. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and they like, you know, definitely, you know, I mean, AEW is a fucking, a massive company and like are backed by, you know, tons of money and all that, but they definitely come from a way more 
punk background than you know a WWE does, right? So it's like they're more apt to like take a chance on somebody like Andy or like just you know a, a lesser known, you know, like when they did like yeah. the fucking was a Cody did like an open challenge and like war that do war horses like wrestling on fucking TV right. against Cody, you know, like and it's just shit like that where like you know if if warhorse is on WWE, it's like he's just fucking coming out as like a nobody getting squashed by somebody you know like right 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 and not even coming out as his like gimmick you know i feel yeah like AEW is kind of being kind to the rest of the wrestling scene like they're welcoming everybody whereas WWE is this insular closed off thing yeah they act as if nobody else exists and like you know that's you know there's certain times where like i I don't like when AEW does it for the most part i i enjoy when they're when on commentary like they'll fucking name check new japan they'll name check wwe whatever like you know whereas like on wwe they're like you know the held 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 championships in japan and like what well, like they'll they mentioned like new japan titles for some reason but that's it oh really they, they'll never say like he was a former impact champion or he's the nwa champion they always skirt around trying like you know yeah. name, name dropping anybody you know but and i feel like i like that with aw because it feels more like a true sport like you know if, mm-hmm. if somebody comes from another team they're going to mention their accolades on the other team yeah think about that in sports it's like a player goes on a new team like it's like a good two or three years before they stop referring to them as like former like insert team name here like player you know right 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 so also like have you uh you've gone to japan as well right like i saw some photos like you've done you've done some traveling for wrestling just specifically for wrestling or well so i have a friend who is a flight attendant and i just kind of like was toying with the idea of going to you know i just wanted to go to like so my wife and i went to thailand a couple of years back and we had a layover like a 12-hour layover in tokyo so we like took the train to the city and of course it was like fucking freezing and raining so it was kind of like misery but like it was still cool you know um but i was like man i want to like go there and like see it properly you know so the timing was like oh fuck like this wrestle game's coming up like it'd be really sick to go to that you know absolutely so i hit up my friend and she she was like i can you know get you like a buddy pass like basically like it's like a cheap flight you know mm-hmm. you just pay the i think you just pay the taxes or something um but you have to fly standby so like i could get there and if the flight's the flight's full like i can't get on it and i have to try the next flight you know mm-hmm. um so you know i was like you know what the show is like so close to like new year's eve and shit like that i think that flying around that time is probably probably going to be pretty mellow so I, I think what i did was i like tried to fly the day after christmas or i'm sorry i think i think i think new year's day i think i tried to fly so i you know show up at the airport i booked an airbnb in japan but for the first night i wasn't sure if i was going to be able to get there or not i booked like this um what they, they call it a capsule i think it's called and it's essentially just like a really small like uh, it's it's almost like a, a um, locker basically with a bed yeah exactly it's like a hallway on each side there's just like a, a door you open it and it's like not even a bed it's like a gym mat basically like a thicker gym mat mm-hmm. that just like covers the the floor of, of this like closet you know and like and there's like a shared space for like a shower and a bathroom and you just sleep on the floor of this like you know closet basically but it's like you know 18 dollars a night or something so i was like you know what i don't know if i'm gonna get to japan on this first night so like i don't want to pay you know 50 bucks mm-hmm. like whatever whatever it was for my airbnb so i was like you know what so if i don't get there i'm just yeah, makes total spend, sense. spending Very fucking economic. 20 bucks yeah um so i wound up i wound up being able to get on the first flight and i wound up being able, i got upgraded to uh to first class which was like fucking insane mm-hmm. because it's like this flight is so long you know yeah, like, that that's the type of flight you want that first great 
uh, first class upgrade on. <laughs> yeah. So like, I just fucking got to like lay down the entire time. There was like a Star Wars channel, like in first class. Like I, I like ripped through like four Star Wars movies on like my you know, fifteen hour flight or whatever it was. She hooked it up, so like it was super cheap. I stayed in an Airbnb that was like really cheap, and I was like, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be in 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 Japan. Like I'm I'm gonna be in my, you know, hotel slash space like as little as possible right so like i don't care like about having like a pimped out like place suit ever um so yes i went i had like a mutual acquaintance was there also so i met i met him there and hung with him a little bit and then i had another dude who i had previously met that was there as well so i kind of like kicked it with those two dudes um and then also like just kind of roamed a little bit on my own and then chris hero had hooked me up with a friend of his who like he he would stay with when he would do like noah tours there and stuff like that oh that's awesome yeah so like i hung out with that dude he like showed me around a little bit um yeah so like i wound up going for like i think i went for like eight or ten days went to wrestle kingdom which wrestle kingdom was this it was wrestle kingdom 12 it was like omega and jericho wrestled oh this is a big one i think it was so like it was 2018 i guess technically it was like the end the 2017 going into 2018 and yeah so it was uh, i got to do that I, I saw i got to go to a stardom show which is cool what was the how's the vibe at a japanese wrestling show like what what, what were your takeaways from like the crowd you know it's weird right because like the tokyo dome is fucking it's massive right but um like it was crazy it's like go like going in like going through security there's like no like like they're not like patting anybody down or checking but you know like they're just like waving people through you know everyone's nice and polite and lined up and organized and what you know like yeah i mean just the them asking uh fans not to cheer and the yeah, fans yeah, yeah. complying like <laughs> yeah. i'm constantly blown away by that i mean it, it was it, honestly it was you know it wasn't too different then because you know people just they, they they tend to kind of be quiet and then like when something big happens they kind of like ah, like the crowd kind of roars a little bit and then it, and then it quiets down and they kind of just like watch and, and clap and you know like it's the the, the shit it, it's it's complete opposite from like a, an american show where yeah. like the american fans not all of them of course but like you know a lot of them were like hey let's fucking throw a beach ball around and like right there's no ironic chance yeah or like you know <laughs> nobody's trying to like basically like put eyes on them right it's about yeah. the fucking people in, in the ring whatever you know I, I didn't get i didn't get like a good ticket because i didn't want to like spend a bunch of money so i was sitting pretty high up but i mean it was just kind of like the experience of it all was pretty was pretty insane but yeah i, I did that and then i went to a, a, a stardom show which was like very pwg-ish in the, in the sense of like it was just a very small packed was this a kurikan hall i think stardom has their own like room that they run normal shows at you know like just just regular shows it's like the start uh, i forget the name of it but it's like basically like their home their home base right where they just kind of like do all their shows at or or they do their they do their regular shows right i guess they run shows at, at corker and hall maybe but um or corn if you pronounce it oh i don't know i don't either uh but yes yeah, so I, I did that show I, I tried to go to new year i tried to i tried to go to new year's dash that's like the next day after wrestle kingdom at the corker and hall which is like I think it's like a 2000 cap room. So basically you've got fucking 50,000 people who have just gone to wrestle kingdom, right. <laughs> all, all trying to go to the 2000 cap show. Right. So I, I hit up the young bucks. I was like, yo, like I'm here. Like I totally get it. Like it's madness. But if you guys 
you know come across an extra ticket or you can get a bot let me let me know and, and you know them or like you're just caught like hey you don't know me but no 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 I, yeah i i'd met them i'd okay. met them through chris, through chris at like pwg shows and just random mania weekend shows and shit like that you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i didn't i didn't like blind reach out like hey i'm an american abroad you know um, hey fellow american and he was like yo he's like it's it's hard he's like but he's like i'll check whatever you know like, they, they couldn't they couldn't swing it but i was like oh fuck it would have been cool to to catch a really small, you know, an intimate show like that. Yeah. I, I really want to see a show there. Uh, my plan was to go to Dominion this past year. Like, I don't really want to go to the Tokyo Dome. I kind of want to go, but I just feel like a dome show is not going to be good. <laughs> yeah. It, it's funny because, like, I've gone to like three or four WrestleMania weekends and I've only been to WrestleMania once. <laughs> and it's funny too because, like, like I said, like it, at this point, like, I've, I've became friendly with enough people where, like, I can get comps and stuff. But like mania is like you know you can get like a friends and family kind of like discount ticket or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're paying like a hundred bucks to sit in the nosebleeds, you know, or whatever. And it's like eh, and, and like you know it's kind of whatever. So I um I always like take a pass on that and like I'll, I'll do NXT, I'll do Raw, I'll do SmackDown af- after mania. <laughs> also, I just want to point out like we being in the music industry, we're totally spoiled in the sense that we uh, yeah. we don't have a value for tickets. <laughs> Like we don't see the value in them, uh, just because of like you just were you constantly getting them for free, you know? Yeah, it sounds entitled, but like just just having uh, like years and years of this, it's just like uh, the value of like it just wouldn't be worth it to to pay the ticket. Like, you're like uh. <laughs> there's like not a band out there that I that I'd pay more than like forty bucks to see, you know? <laughs> like, right, right. I, I went out to to NorCal for for that mania. Oh, that's a good one, thirty two. And a and a buddy of mine. He's a fellow Long Islander wrestling fan, and he 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 writes movies and TV shows and shit. And he he wound up writing like two movies for WWE Studios. Oh wow! And what's funny is that he he got invited to Mania, and they gave him like two tickets to like their their like WWE Studio suite. And he's like, "Yo, I got two tickets. Like, I'm by myself. If you want to come." And I had no plans of going because I was like, yeah, I'm not going to like bother like Rollins to get like a friends and family ticket and like pay. It's not even worth calling in the favor. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and he's like, yeah, let's go. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll go. So like I I went with him and we like we fucking just sat in a a skybox in a stadium and like we're eating like fucking quesadillas and shit. And like I got to see Rollins cash in and win the title. It was awesome, you know? Yeah. And then like and then did and did all the indie shows and whatever that were that weekend. Um, But I went to Dallas and I went to. I think Orlando and like, you know, I didn't go to the main, the main, sh- main shows for either of those. Yeah. That, that's so funny because I kept saying like, I want to go. I was like, Oh, next year I'm definitely going. And then it was announced, Oh, it's coming to New York. I was like, Oh, great. <laughs> I don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 mania was here and I didn't go, you know? Uh, yeah. So I went like, I loved it and I would totally do it uh, again. I will say though, going to like 10 shows oh, God, uh, it's brutal. In, in one week, it's brutal. And it like, totally numbs you to like who like what am i watching like what is wrestling it like what is it yeah. how how can i what can pop me anymore you know by the time you get to wrestlemania you're so drained and it's not and then wrestlemania's and that like fault. fucking eight hours long yeah know? i yeah. went to that wrestlemania i actually oh, and, and to be clear i got a comp <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> because that's the only way i would have gone and i actually went to nxt as well and i went to like a bunch of other i went to like the WrestleCon show yeah, uh, yeah. i went to uh blood sport you know like so mm-hmm. i was or like i by nxt i had such lower back pain but like <laughs> half of wrestlemania i couldn't even really enjoy it's tough man like i when i would like do the the little, the little like mini weekend with, with chris and it would like he'd be wrestling like two shows in a day and i'm like oh my god like 
waking up like early, go to WrestleCon, like sell shirts at WrestleCon from like fucking, you know, 9 a.m. to noon and then have like a two o'clock show and then wrap up there, drive to another venue and have like an 8 p.m. show, you know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely easy to get burnt out really quick, you know? Oh, absolutely. And yeah, so by the time WrestleMania came, I was like halfway. And also that WrestleMania just felt endless. It was like six, seven hours. Yeah. It's fucking brutal, man. And it was like, by the time the Kofi match ended, it was like, can we go home? (laughs) It's it's like going to like a showing up to a festival, like a fucking, that, that, when gates open right it's like right and getting no getting hammered chance. at noon and then, re- yeah, and then having my, your hangover my phone's at six. dead by 5 p.m <laughs> you know uh so did you watch uh wrestle kingdom uh i, I did not oh, i um you're a little behind yeah i've man I, I've, I've had a i've had a hard time keeping up with wrestling in general in like the last year or so um, i see once the once everything Absolutely. Yeah, well, I think even even maybe before that, I'm mm-hmm. I'm super into hockey and into basketball. So like once like that's happening, also it's kind of like hard to like split my time, you know. Uh-huh. And like I was telling you, like I have a I have a four and a half year old kid. I just got a puppy, so it's kind of like hard to like before. You don't I have was, that much free time. Yeah, <laughs> be, before I, before I was working like a full time job and, and was just doing the band full time. I'd come home from tour and like I'd have nothing but time and I would just fucking sit around and like catch up on wrestling and watch wrestling all day, you know, like just fucking go on the New Japan world and just watch shit and you know, like and there was a point where like, you know, there was Lucha Underground happening, there was NXT happening, like there was just like all these like it was like my, my DVR was a nice just little full. golden era, I feel like twenty seventeen ish. Yeah, my, my DVR was just full and I could just like literally just sit home all day and watch wrestling and, and uh yeah, so I think I got a little burnt on it and kind of just whatever. And yeah, so, you know, I'll still like on Wednesdays, I try to like catch some of AEW, catch some NXT or maybe watch a little show if I can. But it's very rare that I watch Raw or SmackDown. Not missing much. Yeah. Well, I do recommend checking out some matches on Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, it's it's like an, like I've literally been paying I've been paying for a New Japan account for a couple of years, and I like haven't watched a show in the like, over a year. <laughs> uh, the main events were really really good. I've been meaning meaning to watch it, um, but like I said, it's just it's it's hard too because that's a pretty long show. And it's, yeah, and it's two two days, the last two years, right? So like it's yeah. hard to. Um, kind of hard right absolutely uh it was it's re- it was hard because also it's on monday and tuesday and like i'm not like the biggest dork about spoilers but i would prefer not to know yeah <laughs> you know, i prefer it's, to it's, be su- surprised it's really it's really hard with uh new japan right because the show happens at a, at a time where like yeah you know, especially on the you, east coast yeah you like either stay three up or four late or you have to just like get up early and watch it and like you know if you're pathetic like me you can't stay up twitter long enough to like fucking to have, not have it spoiled for yourself exactly so like i i actually ended up waking up at four in the morning i was like oh shit <laughs> I, I could try i could try to do this and then yeah, i passed out <laughs> I, did, I did that i did that one year and i think uh, yeah same thing i think i, I maybe caught a couple of matches and then i was like i gotta go to bed this yeah. is like brutal because also it's like the beginning of the show which is the slow part like you just want to get to the exciting stuff so i kind of wished i woke up like an hour and a half later but then the next morning i did wake up at like five thirty six. i was like oh no what if it's the main event i don't want like like what if i my fear is like i'll log in and it's the pinfall you know and i just like <laughs> oh no <laughs> uh, so i'm like i'll wait i'll wait <laughs> there was a time there was a point maybe it still happens but like there was a point where like the fucking wwe app was so annoying where like you would log in oh, i'd log in to watch a show after late it, you mean yeah finished. a little late yeah, yeah yeah or not even late the next day well so yeah late but and, and i would avoid twitter or whatever then i click on the show and it's like you know start from the beginning or whatever or, so i guess no sorry it must have been it's, while the show is happening yeah as the show is happening yeah. but if you so, go like, start from the I beginning cl- yeah. i click start from beginning 
and all of a sudden it like just cuts and there's somebody fucking standing there holding the title at the end of their match. I'm like, all right, well there it goes. Yeah. <laughs> there goes that, you know, like it shows you like the first frame, the, the, yeah. the live frame for like half a second, but yeah, enough like, to oh, see God. it. <laughs> yeah. I, I hated that as well. Uh, well, before we uh, wrap up, I do want to ask about private hell. I gu- I'm guessing just from working, you know, uh, at the, as this, uh, consultant, you just had access to this stuff. And then like, how did you decide to start, doing like boutique wrestling bootlegs kind of <laughs> i was actually like do- i was actually doing it prior as as a bit of like uh i'm the fucking singer of a band that's not active anymore so i have to start a clothing line kind of thing you know like <laughs> uh so it was kind of like more of just like a like a brand you know when i started it i see so it wasn't necessarily about wrestling yeah and then it kind of like at some point i like kind of uh pivoted and i was like oh it'd be fun to do some wrestling shirts and whatever you know so kind of pivoted to that and then it kind of just became a that became like a thing. So I was like, oh, this is fun. Like I like doing it. And like, I'm doing collabs here and there with like some wrestlers and stuff like that. So yeah, it just became kind of like a fun thing to do. And I, you know, basically like would find a friend, like pay a friend to, to design a tee for me and then, you know, pay another friend to print it for me. So it was kind of like cool to put money in my friend's pockets as well. But yeah, so like I, I was, you know, been doing that for a couple of years. It's like, a, you know, like with my wrestling viewing, it's the same deal where it's like, it's kind of hard to, keep up with it with you know the kid and and my full-time job and and shit like that so um it's been a little um slower you know this past year or or two but yeah i still try to like kind of like put some things out occasionally you know there's a lot of people who do a similar thing you know now yeah i was gonna say like there's a whole like you were the first one that i uh discovered because you printed uh brian pillman tea and this was also before i feel like pro wrestling tees where they would just license every wrestler ever and i was like <laughs> oh man like you don't see brian pillman t-shirts i i, I loved <laughs> brian pillman and it was like that loose cannon promo photo that you had I was mm-hmm. like, yeah i'm so in uh, and by the way, the most comfortable shirt. <laughs> yeah, the, I love I love that blank. It's uh, this like acid wash, like really like thin, super comfortable tee. But yeah, there's yeah, there's just a lot of. So now like this whole scene has has popped up. I feel. Yeah, I mean, like I, I definitely, but I by no means was the first person doing it, but it definitely has gotten very, very crowded in the last two or two or three years and it's kind of thing where like you know people are doing their thing like for the most part people i think have their thing and you know nobody's really doing the same thing per se but i feel like there's not really like i don't know if there's enough there's enough room for everybody so like i kind of step back a little bit yeah it's it's very saturated and it's just weird because it's like you know like i can put out one shirt and i'm kind of like oh this might be cool and like it does really well you know and then i and then i could put out another shirt where i'm like oh this is gonna be a hit and then I sell like ten of them, and I like, and I'm like not even breaking even on it, you know, like. So you print them before doing the orders. I've done it like that before, but but typically I, I try to like put it up, give it a couple of days to kind of gauge, mm. and then based on that, you know, like all right, I so, I sold you know six of each size. I'm gonna print a dozen of each size, you know, like gotcha. whatever, like just kind of like try to figure it out like that. But yeah, it's just weird though, because like there's like I, I did it, I did a I did a Rollins tee. And like he like retweeted it, which I was afraid of. Uh, and then like, and we sold like a dozen, you know. <laughs> and then like I'll do like a fucking whatever, like Pillman tea, like and it's sold great, you know. Like it's just, it's just really, it's really no rhyme or reason to like what kind of like does mm-hmm. does well and, and doesn't do well, you know. Um, yeah. But then also like I had this Becky Lynch tea that I did that like really took off and was kind of everywhere, and I got busted by the by the narcs i was gonna say so it was the the bank like that was when she got busted open yeah, and she had yeah. the blood in her nose and you were one of the first t-shirts right it's funny because it happened i'm watching i'm watching the show and it was kind of like it happened 
I saw the image. Part of me was like, man, like this would be a cool moment to put on a tee, but I think that it might be seen wrong. <laughs> like yeah. that came up afterwards, which I didn't even think of because oh, okay. like, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. I didn't think of it either until a friend pointed out to me like, Hey, you have a, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of one of those things where like the shit like this, like you got to get in right away. Yeah. First one in, I think, I think a day or two had passed and I was kind of like, you know what, at this point, like it's too late. I missed the window. And then all of a sudden I'm like on Twitter and my friend Lauren Moran posted that photo, that, that drawing. And I sent her a DM and I was like, yo, like, should we collab on a shirt with this? And she's like, I was just going to message you. And I was like, fuck it, let's do it. And, it, and it, like I said, it was a couple of days later. So I was like, man, I, th- I think we're too late, but like, let's, let's just, let's try it and see what happens. And like, it sold like stupid amounts. Well, I think it's because the original piece of artwork got retweeted. Like, so it went viral as well. Yeah. I, I mean, like there was a point where Becky actually retweeted it herself, like right. Lauren's artwork. I had it up for two weeks before I got busted. So I got busted and I took it down. And then kind of just like had a mystery tea in the web store just to kind of try to get through the remaining stock or whatever. Uh-huh. You know, I think I let it cool off for a couple of weeks and I put it back up and I got busted again. And I was like, fuck. And, and, and they were like kind of the email had me a little shook. You know, I was like, fuck, like they're going to come after me. So the, was, was the, the first one was just like a cease and desist. And then the second one was more threatening. They both were. But the first one was kind of like a very like general email. Mm-hmm. The, the second one was like, dear Mr. Riley. This is the second time we are contacting you, you know. And yeah. I was like, "Fuck you, you know my name," <laughs> and like whatever. Mm-hmm. And this was Jerry. Was this Jerry McDivitt, the the infamous? <laughs> it wasn't him, but it was. Um, it was his, his office, though. I forget the dude's name, but it was definitely a dude who, like, people who uh, I know who do similar stuff have been like, "Oh, yep, I, I've oh. got the email from him." <laughs> but I mean, like, they could have been even bigger dicks. They could have like actually sued you for the profits, or but I guess they figure it's not worth their time. Yeah, their their emails are like you need to cease selling and send and send any leftover stock to us. And I, I basically was like, I think I replied and was kind of like, it's down, like and just ignored the stock thing. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm not gonna fucking mail you a box of t-shirts. So that happened, and I was like, fuck. So I took it down, whatever. And then I forget how long later, but I, I did a um a Bray Wyatt fiend t-shirt, and uh, I had it up for an hour, and I got emailed again. And I was like, man, like someone's someone's narking on me. Oh, oh, that's all, that's a good point. Yeah, I could see that as well. I think that somebody told on me. Mm-hmm. Somebody that licenses a lot of t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I don't know for sure. They could have just been watching me because they caught me twice. But like, I don't know. Does the fucking WWE have the time to like sit there and watch fucking you know? Because there do there's there's a million people who do the same shit that I do that like right they get are, away with are it. still are still doing it and like are very open about it and like just and don't you know nothing yeah is pretty happening, prominent you know yeah and I don't know maybe they were seeing they were seeing the shirts at the show like because dude it was like it was everywhere like I, I like the I think the the week that like I got them out to people or whatever like I went to like a Ring of Honor show at um. I mean, dude, it, it got so crazy that people were bootlegging the, sh- the shirt that I made. Like, so I, I like went to a Ring of Honor show and I saw a couple, a couple people wearing them. And then one dude I saw, he's wearing it. He walks by me and the back of his shirt is blank. And all of my shirts have my lo- the private hell logo on the back of it. So hmm. I'm like, that's a fucking like red bubble version of my shirt. Like, I love it. Were you flattered or uh, angered? I would have been flattered. <laughs> at first I was flattered, I think. Yeah, and then I was angered because I sold so many of them that I had to form an LLC to do taxes, and I like got killed on my taxes. Because, oh yeah, like, I like didn't like plan on this happening. Right, the scale it scaled too big to be feasible. Yeah, but there was a there was a point in time where like you know 
every fucking Monday Night Raw or SmackDown, the, the camera pan the crowd, and you would see somebody wearing it, you know? Yeah, oh, totally. I There was a moment, like, that shirt totally had a moment. And I remember the designer tweeted something like she met Becky at a... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, meet yeah. and greet, and uh-huh. and, and then uh, she was like, "Oh, I'm the one that designed the shirt." And she's like, "I hope you made a lot of money." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was funny too because here I, I think because like I didn't you know like I said I didn't realize but like once it like kind of popped off I was like fuck so like I texted here I was like yo do you mind just hitting her up and be and just telling her that I'm a friend of yours and like uh, I'm happy to send her money I'm happy to send her merch whatever you know like I don't want to like. You know, I didn't think I, I thought I was going to fucking sell 25 of these, you know? Yeah, um, you're not trying to like capitalize on her yeah. or whatever. So basically, he was like, he's like, she, he's like, here's her number. She, she said the text her. So like, I shot her a message like, hey, like, you know, let, like, I'm happy to send you money. Let me know. And she's like, no, like, just send me a couple of, you know, send me a couple of, of, of each size and like whatever. So I mailed her some for like her family, whatever. And she was just cool with that. Yeah. And then the fiend one got taken down an hour. And on the third strike, I was like, you know what? Lesson learned. <laughs> I'm calling it a day on doing anything WWE related. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Well, I see on your, on your store now, you have a lovely miracle power line you have brody and stan hansen in hoodie form yeah i did that with um there's these dudes that they their company's called uh hardway which is another like you know like i said there's a, a million people who are doing things and uh they're, they're one and so we we kind of teamed up on that my buddy jb is one half of hardway and it's funny a lot of private hell designs are like chris texting me like yo this would be a cool shirt <laughs> you know like or whatever so he, he sent me a he sent me a picture of that photo mm-hmm. and it was like shitty and old whatever so i sent i sent it to jb i was like yo can you like recreate this whatever so he like basically like reworked it and like got it to like printable form you know so yeah we did that one together and that was cool because it was like i think like they did a white tee like a hoodie and like whatever and then like i did like a black tee and a windbreaker and like so we kind of like we collabed on it but like each site had like an exclusive kind of thing, you know. So that was cool and fun to do. But yeah, I think I, I've got very little of those. Those are just kind of leftovers from from what we had done last year or whatever. And then yeah, I've got like a couple of like old old logos, like jackets and like fanny packs that I'm trying to just phase out because I have a new logo now. So, yeah, I don't know. You know, I'm trying to like I'm I like doing stuff, but it's just time and money are, are a tricky thing. Right. You don't want to put too much pressure on uh, too much commitment because you got all that other stuff going on. I hear. Yeah. Uh, one last question before we uh, wind down. What do you think about you know being as, as though this is your line of work pro wrestling tees has really blown up in the last few years as a very viable competitor to WWE's massive distro and you know on the one hand it's obviously providing a a new line of revenue to all these legends outside of the wwe machine and and it's you know like providing all these artists with stuff but also i guess there's like a knock on them for being like direct to print like they yeah direct to garment direct to garment thank you which is like they print each shirt as it's ordered now like can you explain to me like why that's like looked down upon it's been a thing for a couple of, you know, I gather as time passes, it probably gets better and better. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the, the quality is not as good as a script. Like the upside of it is basically with, with them in particular, the upside is you can be, you know, a relatively unknown wrestler and you can have 10 designs and there's no overhead, you know, like right. somebody order, somebody orders a tea, they grab a, a blank shirt off, off the shelf. They put it on the machine. They punch in the fucking design of the machine and it prints on, on the shirt, you know? It's like a, it's just like a, a massive inkjet printer, basically, and it's expensive. Quality is not as good as 
as like a screen printed shirt. So my knock is that it allows for there to be a lot of really bad merch in the world. And as is, wrestling merch is pretty fucking terrible, you know, for the most part. So it, it just allows everybody to like, you know, th- this is the reason why we get a fucking Jericho shirt that what was the uh, demo god, right? Or whatever. Yeah. Like it was like the it's like, oh, th- oh, there was like this funny little fucking joke on on Dynamite tonight. So like tomorrow we can have this this fucking stupid shirt that like might sell five pieces but it doesn't matter because like we're not you know we're not on the hook for it right mm-hmm. so that's kind of like the general knock you know and like i said it's expensive like i, I remember i bought or I, I was gonna buy a um los ingobernables shirt from them and you know how all the lij merch is like there's a print on the front there's a print on the sleeve there's a print on the back maybe there's a print on the other sleeve and it's like you go on the site you click on it it's like it's 25 dollars then like you drop down it's like sleeve print add $3 back print add three it's like dude what the fuck like this is so expensive to like just like a regular shirt you know like you know it's a bit expensive you know on one hand like it's it's good for it's like you said it's a good revenue stream for the for these wrestlers but i think that there's a lot of them that they could just have a fucking merch store through like a smaller company like that's screen printing 24 36 pieces of like a design and just like doing it that way, and the margin is so much better. You'll make so much more money. It's just you have to put that upfront. Exactly, but but if you but if you if you if you're established enough, like there's no harm in doing that. You know, like you just gotta like cut the bullshit of like having fucking twenty five designs. Like just have four or five like strong designs. You know, and, and that's that's actually what wind up getting me a lot of business is because dudes would use them for their web store because it was like a no brainer because they were like, hey, we can have all these designs up and like it's not gonna cost me anything. But like when they were doing their own like live shows they need to merch to sell and it like doesn't make sense to like have them digitally print merch for live shows because Mm -hmm. the cost the cost is so high and then i don't know there's there's also been a handful of like customer service issues i've seen on twitter where like they've not been the coolest to fans and stuff and and then there was like some some stuff when they're you know like back in i guess may or whatever like when there was you know businesses boarding up you know and there was i don't know one of the owner or something posted something that was very very tone deaf you know so there's mm, definitely been been things he- here and there that um have kind of got them in the headlines amongst wrestling fans right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but i guess you know i guess for the most part it's 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 good for for these indie guys and stuff you know because it, it allows them to to make some money without having to spend money for the legends too i feel like it's really good for them too Honestly, it's probably best for those guys because they're old and you know they're not going to want to deal with a fucking yeah. big cartel. You know, because but like you know, but there's but there's kids that out there that are like doing it, like setting up a big cartel, like having a local screen printer print their shirts, and then they're going to the fucking post office, you know. And it's like, and they're probably making more money than most of the people who are doing right their shirts on, on persons, you know. Because I I would you know I'd like meet a new indie guy and he'd be like, hey man, like can you do shirts for me for my show, or whatever. You know, what, what do you what do you charge? And I would like give him a quote, and he's like, oh my god that's so cheap and i'm like dude what are, you, what are you paying to get your shirts from them and they would tell me and i'm like oh my god like that's fucking obscene you know mm, interesting but i don't know at this point like they got so big so i don't know like may- maybe they're doing more screen printing now you know right like like they're printing for AEW live shows so like i, I they must be screen printing shit for, for those shows it's probably yeah like a combo too because also they send stuff to hot topic they have deals with them yeah yeah and like for Hot Topic, there's no way that they, they can't be doing direct to garment for Hot Topic because the margin is so shitty that like they wouldn't be able to make money on it, you know? But like if they're if they're sending DTG shit to like 
live shows on the road like that's fucking like breaks my brain i don't think so i have uh i have some hot topic merch no yeah you, you, you know you, like i said hot topic there's no way it can be yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Mar- the margin so bad i went to full gear in baltimore i guess it was like two years ago no well i don't know the first last, full gear whatever oh, yeah, last year oh, yeah, a year and a half ago it was whatever. a bit it was a bit messy <laughs> like they're just their their operation in general you know like they, they like didn't like like young bucks didn't have merch moxie didn't have merch jericho who had the title didn't have merch it was really weird like mm. they didn't ha- they didn't have a lot of designs and then the stuff that they had like sold out like midway through the show and, you know it, it, it was it was early days for them so they were probably you know they're still figuring, figuring it out figuring yeah. it out you know yeah that was their first pay-per-view too probably yeah i think so yeah i think other than other than like the all in right or right like whatever. the first post television uh pay-per-view rather yeah 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 exactly so i don't know so like ho- hopefully they've, they've they've figured it out by now and you know like realize that you know making uh screen printing stuff for you know live shows and just like you know get a semi there's definitely production trucks that they own that, that are traveling from city to city when, when they're you know traveling to, to these arenas you know stick the merch with, with that shit let it let it travel and you know you'll you'll get rid of the stuff over time and the margin will be so much better yeah absolutely well great advice not just for uh wrestlers but for musicians as well <laughs> yeah same same deal awesome well travis thank you uh so much uh for taking some time uh, is there any more this is hell in in your are you guys slowly potentially ever doing anything or, or? god i hope not rob um <laughs> <laughs> no i don't know um we, we didn't have any we didn't have any plans this this or last year i guess before mm-hmm. anything happened basically like three of the four of us are in another band uh, like all of them but me play in this band called extinction ad mm-hmm. um and they're kind of like a essentially like a full-time active band so like they you know they tour and release albums and and they're like the priority so like we kind of if we are going to do anything we kind of work around their schedule so like we went to we went to england like last summer or the 2019 summer i think and we like went to play four shows and then like those the dudes who play in extinction stayed and like played four shows on their own you know so it was mm-hmm. like cool to be able to like piggyback shows but yeah with with them doing that and like you know i live in brooklyn they live out there like getting together to do it to rehearse or do anything is definitely not very optimal gotcha and you, so you sound like you're over it <laughs> yeah like i mean like you know playing's playing's fun but like mm-hmm. driving out to long island and like sitting in traffic and like getting in a rehearsal space and like raising my voice for the first time in the year and like whatever it's just like everything everything that comes along with like having to like to, to get to play a show like kind of makes it not like i don't know if it's even like worth it to like get together rehearse like deal with like trying to like book a show or like mm-hmm. if we're gonna go to europe or whatever like having to fucking find a driver and like rent gear and like you know just kind of like do all the shit that like a lot of bands have somebody do for them you know like right it, it falls on me you know and like i don't know i just don't want to do that totally hear you well, Travis, thank you so much. Private Hell NYC is the Instagram social media handle. Follow him. Good drops occasionally. Yeah. Some nice hats. Some nice garments. Nice garments. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Travis, thanks so much. No problem, dude. Thank you. Big thanks to Travis for hanging out. And thank you for sticking around until the very end. This has been an incredible week for pro wrestling. I I hope you've watched Wrestle Kingdom from New Japan. If you haven't, I absolutely recommend the two main events of the night, the Ibushi versus Naito match from night one. And at night two, the winner of that match faced Jay White. Both of those matches are incredible. Also, you have to see Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay, another great match. And uh, if you only have time for another match, I would say Jeff Cobb and Shingo. 
uh, overall. I loved watching Wrestle Kingdom. I mentioned during the interview, I woke up one day at uh, four in the morning to actually watch some of it live. It was really cool to be on Twitter live for a New Japan show because obviously uh, if I watch it in the morning, I'm avoiding all social media because I don't want spoilers. So uh, that was cool. And uh, I'll try to do it a little more. And, and I certainly envy West Coasters who get it three hours earlier because I feel if it started midnight or one, I could probably make it to the show. But uh, we'll see. And on AEW this week, it was Kenny Omega versus Ray Phoenix. Incredible match. Highly recommend seeing that match. And, of course, uh, Kyle O'Reilly versus Finn Balor. Another excellent match. So really, really good wrestling this week. Got the Royal Rumble coming up. Curious about that. Oh, and I wanted to share one little theory I have, which is watching AEW, you'll notice how MJF is getting friendly with all the members of the inner circle. My guess is that MJF is going to get all of them to like him, and eventually they'll all turn on Jericho. That's my hypothesis. You tell me what you think of it. Hit me up on Twitter. Squared Circle Pit is the handle. No E in circle. Or Rob Injection. Also on Facebook and Instagram. Both Rob Injection and Squared Circle Pit. Add us. We'll have a good time. I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Squared Circle Pit.